Eat, drink, smoke, snack-size edition when you need a little something to tide you over. Tony Katz, so good uh, to be with you. Fingers Malloy is here, of course, at Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, they're in Pittsburgh, they're in Nashville, they're in Houston. We live in Indy, so we record in Indy. That's kind of uh, what we do. We eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. What are we smoking? What are we drinking? Which, uh, I will give you this, neither one of us put it on a cube. Hold on a second. Hold on. Mm -mm. Mm. Look at you. Oh, oh! it's candy. It's candy. To find out what we're drinking and what we're smoking, you have to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That's what you have to do. Eat, drink, smoke on Apple Podcasts. Go and subscribe to it, and you will be so very uh, thankful. Don't forget to leave a review and write a five-star review. No, you write a review, and then you leave a five-star review. You, leave, you do five-star. You know what I'm talking about. Do that. Uh, two things uh, to get to today, and the first is Pete Davidson. The comic, so I'm told. Pete, did, did, you, did you just down your bourbon? Well, I only had a little bit left, uh, but I wanted to save some for the snack size edition. And here you are. So Pete Davidson is a comic, and Pete Davidson has managed to have sex with every model and singer you can Im you can imagine. And I don't, I don't quite get it. I don't see how he's good looking, but whatever, man. Oh, I thought you were going to say you don't get why he's having sex with models and. Mm. I understood that part. Oh, okay. I didn't need to, I didn't need that part explained to me. Oh, okay. Uh, it was like like why 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 Pete Davidson? I don't I don't get it. Well, Pete Davidson, when he's on tour, when he's doing his comedy, he's he's been having a real issue with the audience because he's trying to get the audience first not to be so damn woke. Which best of luck with that. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> um, but it, it it they're comics tired of of cancel culture. I'm in favor of. I'm very, very down with comics uh, being opposed to this and fighting back on this and demanding that audiences, you know, just not tell them what they can and can't do. Le get up and leave. But don't tell them they can't do their thing. That that's ridiculous. Let the market sort it out. Don't stand there and protest. Just get out. Just go. Sometimes a comic isn't worth it to you, and that's all there is to it. Well, he has been telling people that they can't bring their cell phones in. You can't record the thing. Now, I'm really fine with that. Because he's allowed to do his own recording. It's his material, and then he can sell that recording and do what, whatever with it. This isn't like making Grateful Dead bootlegs. He sees it differently. There's absolutely, positively nothing wrong with that whatsoever. This is new. This is very, very different. What he is doing now is he's demanding that fans sign an NDA. Now, an NDA is a non-disclosure agreement. And he wants them to sign a non-disclosure that if they violate, he can sue them for a million dollars. The NDA says the signer, and this is how it's quoted here, cannot give away interviews, opinions, or critiques about it in any form, meaning about the show, including blogs, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or any other social networking. Now, it's one thing to say you can't record my show. It's another thing to say you can't comment about my show. This is ridiculous, and he is ridiculous. Ridiculous. If you can't comment about the thing, can I tell my friend whether it was good or bad? No. You, on Twitter, I'm not allowed to say, saw Pete Davidson. Meh. No. Yeah, saw Pete Davidson. Amazing. You can't say anything. That's, that's ridiculous. That's how you generate buzz about your show right there. Hey, you can see me, but don't talk about it to anyone at all. Yeah, yeah. It's a Pete Davidson show. It's not Fight Club. <laughs> right? This is, this is going the other way in every single way. I don't know how you are, how you can be a corporate uh, or a comic 
nowadays because you know they, they turn down corporate gigs now because you can't say anything. There's a I, I just happened to tune in uh, uh, to this the other night on Thanksgiving. They're on CNN. They're doing uh, a video series, the history of comedy. On what? CNN. That's impossible. I'm I'm telling the truth, which is something you don't find on CNN very often, but. They're doing this this history of comedy on CNN, and you've got these comics talking about how it's impossible now to do corporate gigs because you got to be clean. So you've got some comics that are right away saying, "Well, I can't do this because I'm not a clean comic." But then you can't talk about controversial issues because people will sit on their hands because if you say something controversial and Pete over in accounting laughs, he, Pete will be uh, alienated, you know, from the crowd if it's something that's even remotely considered offensive. So it's like performing at a funeral home. And, but, the, but the money is so good that these comics have a hard time turning it down. I, I don't know how you could be a comic in 2019. It, well, it, I, you, the, the first thing you have to do is not worry about whether or not somebody boos you. Not worry about somebody gives you the hook. It doesn't even matter anymore. It's not even a big deal. It doesn't matter at all. If, if you're doing a show... And somebody is like gets on stage and interrupts you, saying we can't talk about those things. Be like, screw it, I'm out, and walk. That's a risk you have to take when you are a comic. That you have to be willing to walk away from the thing. It, Lenny Bruce was willing to get arrested on stage. You know what I mean? It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to say something. It's supposed to do something. It's supposed to challenge uh, our ideas of, of conventions. It's supposed to make us. Com- that's what good comedy is supposed to do, at least. It's supposed to not only make us laugh, but it's supposed to go to the places that we're told we're not allowed to go. It's supposed to do the things and say the things like, man, I've always wanted to say that. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. It should be. That's what it's supposed to do. That's the way it's supposed to be. But it seems like that kind of comedy is only coming from the people, the comedians who have F.U. money. Right. You know, and they can say Dave Chappelle can pretty much get in front of a crowd and completely offend him and enjoy offending him. And if they don't like it. What, but if you're not to willing Chappelle? to do that, how do you get to the FU money? Right? Remember, Seinfeld has FU money because he put together a solid persona and then he had a television show that was, remember, panned institution and he is still taking that money from institution. And at least to his credit, he has made the decision to not worry about anything. He's not going to worry about whether or not people like him. He's not going to worry about whether people are, are happy with the thing. He's going to speak out ab- about this kind of stuff. And remember, what he does with uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, it's this wonderful nostalgia kind of thing that he does. And it is very, very harmless. Very, I think one of the more interesting episodes he ever did was with Michael Richards. Michael yeah. Richards, who was Kramer on, on Seinfeld, and Marco, Michael Richards, who also made his bones on the show Fridays, which tried to compete. It was an ABC show competing with Saturday Night Live. Um, and Richards is, was very clear, like, you know, I got to tell you how much I appreciate you sticking by me through his whole debacle and he was on he was doing a comedy show and there were some guys heckling him and he thought he was heckling back and they were black and he was calling them the n-word and and somewhere he thought that was funny in the in the in the in the beginning and it ruined his career he's like the first guy i mean i guess you can go back further and, and you can find somebody but he's the first guy i could think of that cancel culture destroyed him just absolutely positively ruined him and i don't i can't imagine that that he has he can go on stage again or is wanted anywhere and and it's funny we've had people rehabilitation is part of the american way 
freaking Mike Tyson raped a woman and he has a Broadway show and he's in movies and he's on roasts on Comedy Central. Oh, and he's the champ. He raped a woman. I want to say for the record that what Michael Richards did was considerably less by every measure. I have not seen him rehabilitate. But I'm not signing a million-dollar NDA for Pete Davidson. You can't comment on no. it anywhere? I'm not walking across the street to see Pete Davidson do stand-up comedy, let alone sign an NDA. Do you think he's funny? Uh, I, I'm not being fair. Okay, I don't know. I, 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 I've seen uh, clips of him on Saturday Night Live, and uh, like maybe I just... It, it, I'm an older man. Maybe his brand of humor just doesn't strike me. I remember being in a room with my parents in the 90s when Saturday Night Live had... Uh, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler, and my mom turned to me and was like, "I don't. How is this funny? Why is Adam Sandler funny? Why right. is was Chris Farley funny?" So, you know, maybe it's a generational thing. But the cancel culture—you look at someone I, who I really admire from the Saturday Night Live days. One of my favorite comics is Norm Macdonald. Ah, and and Norm got into some trouble oh. for you know just oh. making a comment. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the his quote in front of me, but he was talking about Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. and Roseanne, just that he felt bad for what's happened to them and that he wanted to maybe get them together to talk and people went nuts and then he goes on the Howard Stern show a few days later to try to do damage control and he made it worse by saying listen uh, again paraphrasing I I don't mind you'd have to be and he almost said retarded you'd have to be retarded which you're not allowed to say but then he corrected himself and instead of said retarded he said you'd have to have down syndrome which is even worse oh good lord so now you've got a comic who's just some of these guys, especially the older generation comedians, they're scared to say anything. It's like you can see the gears grinding to a halt because Norm, they're worried they're going to offend somebody. I, 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 I love Norm MacDonald in a way that is irrational. And uh, unfortunately, his Netflix show, Norm MacDonald, does a talk show. Oh, it's or, brilliant. Right? I, I think it could be better. But <laughs> the best part about it, if you've never seen it, is that he doesn't let his guests know when they're recording... <laughs> When they're not recording, and the questions, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just, it's just fantastic in in the in in his presentation. And I find even on radio, I'll like sometimes just dive into Norm impressions because <laughs> no matter what you say, uh, when you, when you do it as Norm, you see, you see, it was funny. But then then you had Norm, and it's like, wow. Well, well you knew. See, I thought I knew. Well, it was funny. A third of his punchlines in the 90s were crack whore. And it was just the way he said crack whore. (laughs) He still got a laugh. (laughs) And he knew it was coming. It didn't matter. So there's a guy I'd like to interview. Yeah. I would love to do the Norm. Speaking of interviews, I have been wanting to interview Ruth Buzzy. The the comic legend laughing the whole thing. I would love to hear her story. Turns out Fingers Malloy is connected via Twitter to Ruth Buzzy. And so I said, Fingers, you have to reach out to Ruth Buzzy, and I'll fly her to Indianapolis. I will put her up. I want her here. I want her to do the podcast. And Ruth Buzzy got back to you. Wrote her, what, three months ago. Didn't get a response. And I figured, okay, well, you know, it was worth a shot. Thanksgiving morning, I'm on my way to gas up the car because we're, we're traveling to Michigan. And who slides into my DMs? Ruth freaking Buzzy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk about, listen, I, I love the Rat Pack. I love that whole, you know, the, the Dean Martin roast. And she was so great. I, I, 
it's one of that. We've been doing this for like ten years. One of the happiest moments of this little <laughs> career thing. It's like, holy crap! I'm going DMing back and forth with Ruth Buzzy. She unfortunately said she she declined the invitation. She's retired. She's uh, out on her ranch in uh, Texas. The only thing she does now are these cameo videos. Have you seen yeah. the, the cameo site where you can right? Pay. You can pay somebody whatever, like a celebrity, whatever they, they they charge, and they'll do a video. They'll wish somebody a happy birthday. They'll do. They'll do whatever. They'll do all those things. Yeah. So uh, that's doing, what she does. Yeah, she, that's what she does. I think she asked $250 for a video. People are getting ridiculous amounts of money to do these uh, videos on Cameo. By the way, speaking of Cameo, did you see the someone uh, hired uh, the lead singer of Sugar Ray to uh, do a Cameo video to break up with her boyfriend? Mark McGrath. Mark his McGrath. Name. And he did it. He did it. What a world we live in. What a time to be alive. <laughs> we are here at Blend Bar Cigar, the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Uh, Fanimation, Fanimation.com, our fantastic sponsor. Ceiling fans that you're going to love. Check out Fanimation.com if you need a ceiling fan. All the ceiling fans of Blend Bar Cigar are, at fan, are from Fanimation. And if they can move the air here, they can move the air in your living room, your family room. Fanimation.com is fantastic. And uh, Backbone Bourbon. Uh, fantastic sponsor. You're talking about bourbon you must have in your liquor cabinet. The Prime and the Uncut. They've got the uh, the X-Ray Rye, the Bone Snapper Rye, which I just love, the Bone Snapper, and the uh, Bone Dry Gin. you got to check it all out. It's just terrific. Must, must have in your liquor cabinet for the holidays. Backbone Bourbon. Ask for it by name. And being the, the holiday season as it is, and as you know, it is the holiday season, ladies and, and, and gentlemen, uh, people ordering the the Black Friday s- stuff has been uh, incredible online. More online purchasing than than really uh, possibly ever before, and that's the way people shop now. No one's going into a store, which is why you have retail closures. It's not somehow that people aren't spending. Although the, as of recording this, we don't have all the Black Friday numbers, but the online numbers are huge. Well, there is a term that I despise called porch pirates. And porch pirates are the people who steal, steal the packages off your front porch. And I don't want to call them porch pirates because I think that that term is too cutesy. I am not interested in cutesy. I want to find these people and I, and I want them abused for stealing from other people. It's theft. I don't want to make it cute. I want these people to suffer serious, serious <laughs> penalties for what they do. But there's a story out. From SafeWise.com, the 10 worst metro areas for porch pirates. And I love the fact that one, two, three are in California. And of this list, they are all, for whatever reason, I would love to find out the answer, from left-leaning states, politically left-leaning states. So number 10 is the Sacramento, Stockton, Modesto area. Right, that's that's what it is. So this is the 2019 year-round uh, ranking, is what they've got. I thought that was a conservative area. Con- uh, Sacramento isn't conservative. Yeah, but it's I, 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 Sacramento. No, 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 no. Okay. It's the capital. No, not 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 at all. I'd say you have probably have some more conservative. No, no, not even Modesto. No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but in, in overall leaning uh, to the left, that's number ten. Number nine is Los Angeles. Now, which is amazing for all the homeless people they have, what porches? <laughs> uh, screw you. That's a good joke. And I'm going with it. And I'm willing to go down with the ship on that one. I feel good about that one. Number eight is Denver, Colorado. Now, Denver is that, that kind of purple mix. But it's still so interesting that these are places that 
why them? You know, no, it's not on this list. New York. New York is not on this list. Maybe because they don't have porches. Everything's right. inside Everything's the building. Inside. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have it. Um, but number seven is Austin. Now, Austin is this insanity of political leftness inside of, of Texas. They had such a massive homeless problem that the governor, Greg Abbott, came in and said, sorry, Mr. Mayor, we're not interested in what you're doing. And literally just shut down the 10 cities and changed the complexion of everything. The state had to come in and fix all of this. And rightfully so. It was getting that bad. Austin on par with L.A. and with San Francisco. Sorry, I needed a drink. Uh, in, in, in this absolute horror. So Austin is number seven. Chicago is number six. So Chicago, I guess it's the whole metro, right? Which is why when I say New York, New Jersey would fit in the metro, and that's not where they have. And I'm like, maybe that's something to do with weather. Nope, Chicago's on the list. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with, with weather uh, what, whatsoever. Number five, Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. The home of the $15 an hour minimum wage until they realized, wait a second, businesses can't afford this. And they got rid of it altogether. When you're taking a break from an Antifa protest, uh, you, oh, no, no, you, no. you go and, and you, you steal packages off That's of That's Portland. And Portland's number three. <laughs> Portland is number three on the list. It's like, oh, that's so absolutely positively perfect. Number four is Baltimore. So first, there are still people in Baltimore. You want a great story out of Baltimore? And when I say great, I mean criminally insane. <laughs> so Kamala Harris is running for president, senator from California. And Kamala Harris, she had that first great debate. She was double digits in the poll. Everything was going great. And then people got to know her, and they're like, oh, we don't want any part of this. Well, then Tulsi Gabbard kneecapped her. Knocked the snot out of her. And so she's been plummeting ever since, and she simply cannot find her way back. She cannot find her way back. She just had a staffer, a high-level staffer, quit and write this scathing, scathing letter about why she's leaving. And part of it was Kamala Harris set her headquarters for her campaign in Baltimore. I don't know. I guess she was being woke and told people they had to move to Baltimore to be part of the campaign. And then she fired people who just made the move. She fired them after they made the move. And they're like, what do we do now? I just moved to Baltimore. How is that not bigger news? If a corporation did that, say, hey, we're moving our corporate headquarters to Baltimore. And if you want to work for right? us, you have to move there. And then three months later, you, you, you fire them all? How is Bernie Sanders not all over that? And it, the, the letter is scathing. Never seen such a poorly run operation. Never seen a staff treated with such disrespect. It's Stunning, and then it, that person went to work for Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, that's the that's that's the kicker. No, well, at least you know you're gonna get paid. Yeah, right. You think? <laughs> um, and Bloomberg is no peach. Number two, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm shocked. Right. So it's the only one on this list that's you think of as conservative spot. You think of as leaning politically right. I cannot. The Mormons. I cannot begin to understand. How when you take a look at the and number one is San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. So I can't figure out how you get into this entirety of 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 a grouping. I don't know how this comes. Oddly enough, 2019 holiday ranking, uh, Salt Lake is number one and San Francisco is number two. But overall, the year round ranking, the year round, not just the holiday ranking, the year round is uh, uh, is San Francisco. The holiday ranking in terms of this holiday season, number one is Salt Lake City. I am not, I hate the term so much because these people are the worst 
kind of people. And I don't, I don't think you make the crime bigger, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think you can do that. Like a theft is theft, right? So if, if you're stealing, something has to happen. And I find it amazing that with everything that we've got for cameras and everything else, it's still happening and still going on. They don't care. I guess they're they're, they're hooding up or or you know covering their faces like it's an Antifa event right. or whatever else, yeah. and they're going in and, and stealing. Worst kind of people. Now I have been. I've talked about this uh, on the radio show. Like, I don't like the idea that the, the camera... I have one of those ring doorbells, and I like it quite a bit. It's not the entirety of my security system, but I, I have one of those, and it works, and it works very, very well. Um, I don't... There are people who are like, you should share that with the police. Like, when something happens in your neighborhood, you should share that with the police. And I'm like, well, if I decide to share it, that's one thing. But if there's an idea that somehow we should be forced to share it, I'm opposed to that. I don't like the idea of spying on everybody and this whole Big Brother-esque kind of thing. But I'm watching these stories, and this stuff continues. And people spend real money to get these things delivered. And, like, I I know that Amazon has these places where you can get, like, it's a lockbox. And you can actually drive to it, and then you put in a code, and then the the locker opens up, and and, and there's your stuff. Is this have, does it have to be like in the in in old school days, like when they delivered milk, it would go into a box and you get and there's a way to lock it, and that's how it has to be for your package. Some of these packages are huge. Like, where, where are you going to put them? Yeah, I, I'm just surprised. Like you said, that this still happens because of all the surveillance going on on private property in neighborhoods. Last year, there was a story in my community, actually in my neighborhood. There was a guy walking around raiding people's mailboxes right around the holiday, and he was walking around three o'clock in the morning going into people's mailboxes hoping that they didn't get their mail and there was something in there that he could steal really? and then later on they found his little dumping spot in the neighborhood where he would take the packages and, and throw away what he didn't want but of course he was caught because people have cameras set up not Is just that on the, how they caught him yeah not just on the doorbell that they have that people were getting so fed up they, they have you know the cameras pointing out from their houses waiting for someone to come up and that's how he was caught he was in a mailbox he was doing his nightly stroll you know, going around trying to steal from people, and it, they sent that footage to the local news station here, and he got caught within two days. So, if if the individual wants to share their video, I think they can. Uh, if you tell me I'm compelled to share a video, well, then we've got a real problem. And, and I well, think that's where I got to make that divider. And when does that happen? When do you see community uh, politicians pass ordinances saying that you must share that information? Do you think that that's coming down the road? What, so I take away, I, I take away the ring, right? I get rid of the doorbell. Am I now compelled to have a doorbell? Right. That's the kind of stuff. I'm so curious to see if that comes down the line because that's that's unfortunately where we go with these things, right. and that's that's. I, you, you can't get me to buy in. You can't get me to be a bit any part of, of that kind of stuff. If you want to share, you you feel free. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't like question that on people. You, it's your video. You want to share it with somebody? Knock yourself out. Now this cigar is fantastic. What is it? I can't tell you. You have to subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts is where you go. Eat, drink, smoke. Write a review. Leave a five star review. That's Fingers Malloy. Find him at fingersmalloy.com. Tom Fingers Moy Radio on Facebook. Of course, uh, Tony Katz Radio on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Like this page uh, right there. Or um, if you're if you're watching, if, if not, uh, go to it. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio and like the page. Blend Bar Cigar is everything. Man, love these people. Blendbarcigar.com available for private parties. So you should check them out. Fanimation.com and Backbone Bourbon. BackboneBourbon.com. They're excellent. Great sponsors. Supporting stuff like this. You should support them 
as well. What are we drinking? What are we smoking? Subscribe to the podcast and find out. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, Snack Size Edition. Courage. Don't with the courage. Stop it with the courage.